Hello, my friends. This is Andy Hedia coming to you live from the Milky Way. You ever use that one? I don't think so. <laughs> I think you may have said North America or North something. North America, yes. The world. We're at all those places. Hey, go to, uh, speaking of places, go to California, parentalliance.org, and register for the newsletter. If you're listening to the podcast, which I looked today, which was something like 14,000 downloads. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Of the, the, of the, show, of the, the episodes, event? of the episodes. No, the episodes from our podcast. Oh, for our oh, podcast, Living Fearless Devotion. Yes, the Living Fearless Devotion. Nice. Yes. So, all of you people, you need to go to CaliforniaParentalize.org and register for the newsletter. Um, uh, and so, I'm not sure if I direct, you know, directed that message directly to the people listening to the podcast. What message? That they need to go and register at California Parent Alliance. You say that every day. I know, but I don't say, hey, Pod, I'm, I'm talking to the camera. <laughs> and the millions of people that are watching on the social medias, that that's who I, I, I was directing the message. But now I'm purposefully and consciously directing this message to the people listening to the podcast. <sighs> gotcha, gotcha. You know, you have to talk to people directly. And look them in the eye. And right now I'm looking at the you. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just podcast. saying. They have video podcasts too. You know. Yeah. How come we don't have a video podcast? This is, we're doing it now. Priscilla's probably watching <laughs> on our video podcast. But, but they are there channels like Apple Podcasts yeah. and Spotify and the rest of those that are video? Yes. You can. Yes. What, what streaming yes. service is that? Um, all of them. So like our, well, I mean, a podcast doesn't necessarily have to be on a podcasting platform like Spotify, iHeart. Yeah. You can run a podcast off of your website and have people just go directly to it. Well, some, some people have that. They have the free podcast, which is like a snippet of what they're going to talk about. And then they do a, why, why don't we do that to Resurrection Ministry? All right. I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, it's just link. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah, Cause I know we have an RSS ideas, feed. Uh, that I wanted to talk to you about in regard to just that very thing. Ah. So funny. Hello, my friends. All yeah, right, we're done talking you. to ourselves. And now we're <laughs> thank you for joining us. Should we start over? <laughs> Hi. Hello, Priscilla. Nice to see you. Yes. The other day on Monday over at the event at the uh, Novo Cafe. And your beautiful wreath is hanging in our yes. entryway. I wish you could see it. It's like right out the door here. And thank you. It reminds everybody every day that it's my birthday. Yes, that was the goal. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, we are here not to listen to all those shenanigans, but for the uh, the devotional that we are reading. And it just oh, so happens we are right. in Smith Wigglesworth devotional. Awesome. And we are going to continue. We should be pretty close. Are we not reaching where we started or was it like way? We have a ways to go. July. July. Uh, we don't have that much farther to go. No. It, does, it, it does seem like it's gone by pretty quick, though. It seems like we were just in Oswald Chambers. Right. Time's going by quickly. Last days. All right. But now we're in uh, Smith Wigglesworth devotional for March 17th. On St. Patty's Day. On St. Patty's Day. Actually, I had something to say about St. Patty's earlier. Now I forgot what it was. I was supposed to wish you a happy St. Patty's Day. I forgot. Oh, thank you. We were distracted with birthday celebration. (laughs) Yes. St. Patty's Day. You know, it's a a very much a Christian. um, St. Patrick. St. Patrick and, and the Christian, not Catholic. Oh, Really? I, I, well, I'm sure the Catholics will probably disagree. But um, uh, St. Patrick went to Ireland and brought Christianity to the island and was 
was not Catholicism, but Christianity. Yes. Oh. Yes. I went to his gravesite a couple huh. times. Yeah. He stood right next to him. Old St. Patty. The real St. Patty. Not a St. Patty in a bar. St. <laughs> Patrick in Dublin. Not Dublin. It was in um, the other one. Ireland. Northern Ireland. All right, my friends. March 17th. <laughs> in the word. Seeing a lot of squirrels today. <laughs> Got all kinds of squirrels running around. Life in the world. Okay. Um, the reference is Psalm 1830, and it says, As Life for in the word or in the world? Life in the word. Word. Did I say world? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the juxtaposition he makes, the yes. world and the word. There you go. So, as I was saying, Psalm 1830, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. Mm. The scripture reading for this Devotional is Psalm 119, 9 through 28. Smith says, in the days when the number of disciples began to multiply, there arose a situation in which the 12 had to make a definite decision not to occupy themselves with serving tables, but to give themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. How important it is for all God's ministers to be continually in prayer and in constantly feeding on the scriptures of truth. Mm. I often offer a reward to anyone who can catch me anywhere without my Bible or my New Testament, my New Testament. None of you can be strong in God unless you are diligently and constantly listening to what God has to say to you through his word. You cannot know the power and the nature of God unless you partake of his in-breath word, in-breath word. Read it in the morning, in the evening, and at every opportunity you get. After every meal, instead of indulging in unprofitable conversation around the table, read a chapter from the word and then have a season of prayer. I endeavor to make a point of doing this no matter where or with whom I am staying. The psalmist said that he had hidden God's word in his heart so that he might not sin against him. You will find that the more of God's word you hide in your heart, the easier it is to live a holy life. He also testified that God's word had given him life. As you receive God's word, your whole physical being will be given life and you will be made strong. As you receive with meekness the word, you will find mm -hmm. faith springing up within you. You will have life through the word. The thought for today, I find nothing in the Bible but holiness and nothing in the world but worldliness. Therefore, if I live in the world, I will become worldly. On the other hand, if I live in the Bible, I will become holy. Amen. Amen. This uh, one part up here where he talks about, Smith says, I often offer a reward to anyone who can catch me anywhere without my Bible or my New Testament. So my question is, isn't the New Testament the Bible? Why separate them like Smith did? Uh, I think it's curious for Smith to have done it, mm -hmm. but I know there are churches who don't even hand out the Old Testament because they believe that it's a replacement theology where they think that um, Christ came and basically abolished what God had done for the Israelites, which is mm -hmm. untrue, which is not proper doctrine, but that um, that the church has replaced Israel and therefore the Old Testament and the rules and the covenants are not relevant. Which 
like our pastor says, is ridiculous because the whole veracity and majesty of the Bible is comparing the prophecies of the Old Testament that Jesus fulfills. So without the Old Testament, how are you going to understand all those miraculous um, prophecies, over 300 of them that he fulfills? It is interesting that he was separated from Adam Smith. Well, I, I assume either he was in that kind of a generation. I mean, based on the way he talks, you don't think that he is, but we should probably research it. He could have been um, of the belief that. Well, this is when, when Smith was alive, if I'm not mistaken, points. there was no Israel. No, but the promise to Israel, even if the establishment, so they did not witness. We talked about this in Bible study today, mm, actually. Did you? Yes, because a lot of people before, the people that were around before the establishment of Israel in a day had said that the uh, return to Israel, because there's two, um, had not started. And so they didn't, so they thought once it was abolished because they didn't imagine they would see a reestablishment of Israel. That that's where the replacement theology comes from is that God's done with Israel. The Ezekiel warnings have come. God has scattered them and they will not be brought back until. And then when Jesus comes back, the Israel he's referring to is us, the new Israel. I guess that more sense just to say that this, <laughs> but it was, it was perfect. Awesome. That's good to know. And then there was another part here. The psalmists, the psalmists said, who are the psalmists? Are, 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 isn't that the... Uh, what, uh, the people who wrote the psalms. So it's not entirely... Do not know who they are? Um, some of them we don't. Oh, really? So some of, um, a lot of them are King David, but a lot of them are um, anonymous. Hmm. Do they think there are any of the other dudes like uh, James or Matthew or Peter? The, the psalms are 2,000 years old. They're from uh, the Old Testament. It would be very difficult for them. <laughs> Unless it was their spirit. <laughs> but there were a couple of guys early on in the Old Testament that lived hundreds of years. Yes. but Just not thousands of years. Well, <laughs> we didn't know. Uh, Noah, Noah was pretty old. 950, I think. Mm. Uh, but we know that they didn't live before the time that they were born. Right. One thing before I forget, I'm on another scroll really quick, is that um, one of our viewers of the video podcast ah, okay. <laughs> says we need to get rid of the circle behind us. Now, I'm wondering, is he talking about the the light circle? That comes from our Maybe. circle light. Is that what he's talking about? Is that, that's I'm thinking either, either that or, or the concave. The concaveness of this looks like it's oh. Sorry, an podcasters item. that are listening, you can't see what we're talking about. Yes, or somebody asked us to get rid of it. it. Logo. Oh, maybe. I don't yeah, know. That's our logo. That's our. Well, I mean, but we're making assumptions. Maybe that's not what he's talking about. Maybe you're right. It's the circle of light. Maybe it is. He Sorry. said it was distracting. <laughs> Sometimes when we change screens, our video comes back up and I can see myself. And I thought about Chuck Knight, who said, get rid of that circle behind you. Yes. So, Chuck, you're going to have to tell yeah, us what it if is. That's what it is. And Priscilla, we're coming back to the beginning where she said the event was great. Good job, y'all. Thank from you. Bakersfield. People in Bakersfield talk like that. Have a draw. They talk like they're from Baker, from Texas. Yeah. Or Oklahoma. <laughs> and Priscilla said, thank you. Awesome. Just so happy you were there. And are you saying thank you because I didn't make you talk when I had you come up on stage? No, I think the wreath. <laughs> oh, the wreath. Yes. <laughs> because she did not want to talk on the mic. Um, all right. For you, for the devotional, we got kind of, well, I got kind of caught up in some of the things that were going on in the devotional um, that were not related to the devotional. Um, 
what what comes to you when you hear uh, what Smith has to say here? Well, my article last week was about um, being able to express God's love by reading the word. That basically that's how you get that um, Holy Spirit power to love like God and be more Christ-like by reading the word. And this is just affirming that uh, for me. And Pastor Jack recently was like, pray, pray the word over yourself. And so when I was on church, uh, when I was at church yesterday, I really did, I really did try to remember that and, and constantly just all, any scripture that I could think of, I just called into my consciousness and, and speak it out because it's got life in it and it takes our pain and our brokenness and the Lord is with the poor and the contrite heart. So uh, the more humility and meekness that we approach the word asking for his favor, um, the more our hearts open to receiving it. I see that. It has amazing power. It really does. Um, there was another part down here, which I found interesting, where it says the psalmist said that he had hidden God's word in his heart uh, so that he might not sin against him. That's what I wrote about this week. Okay. What does it mean to have his word hidden in your heart? So um, there's scripture that says that basically God will engrave it on your heart the mm -hmm. more you read it so that it calls it to mind when you go to sin or disobey. And it, the more you read it and the more you're conscious of James, uh, for example, there's, there's certain passages of scripture that is all about how holiness is important and righteousness is important. And that if you hide those scriptures, if you keep those scriptures engraved on your heart, that is what protects you from sin and from giving into temptation and desire. There is no sin for which God did not provide a way of escape. So getting caught up in the word hidden and hide, it just means that it's in your heart. Right. And it cannot necessarily be seen, but it's in there. Right. Or it's not necessarily in your consciousness. Mm. Um, um, but he's engraving it on your heart because you're constantly meditating on that word. And even if you can't call it to mind, it's there with you because it has life and it's just refilling you, regenerating you. I can see that the consciousness uh, is something that needs to be there when you're not thinking too, mm -hmm. when you're not using, when you're not using your brain, like, um, uh, gosh, let me think of it. I can't think of something. So sometimes, um, Somebody will toss something at you and you just put up your hand unconsciously and it, it protects, Reflex. you, protects your face and your reflexes. It's that type of thing. So that God's holiness cuts in there even when you don't have time to think. Yeah. God willing. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's what keeps you from slapping some people around, you know, like you want to. Like, Holy Spirit yeah. restraint. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or cussing at them. Uh, you know, like the, the, the waiters and waitresses we have right now, they've, they've not ever waited and waitressed in their life. And so now they're being pulled out of, you know, the kitchen, being pulled off of trucks. Yes. And, you know, you want you want the service from a restaurant to be like it was before COVID. And we're, we're in the, often not getting that. No. But the Holy Spirit and our understanding, our consciousness says, give me a break. Well, I had an interesting experience today. Mm -hmm. So in Bible study, remember I told you that I have um, 
somewhat different, very different theology than some of the attendees. And I talked to you, I was like, oh, yes. I told you, I was like, oh, maybe I just won't go. And, and you were like, no, you should go. And I said, and I agree. And, and I don't know if it was you who said this to me or I said it to me. I was like, just don't talk. You know what I mean? Like, just, just don't talk. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to get into an argument, just sit there. And it was, it was a really cool experience because I just let it wash over me. I just let the, um, the conflict and the disagreement and clarifying it in my mind wash over me. And others brought it up. Others agreed with me. And there was arguing back and forth that I didn't have to do. Uh, and, but it's, it, it's, it's difficult because sometimes you're like, oh no, but we must rightly divide the word. And there's all these scriptures in your head about like, no, um, I should correct it. But then I call into mind um, Apostle Paul, Pastor Mark constantly repeats that there's the Bible is a great mystery. And so if there isn't a definitive answer, if it's not like somebody saying there was a prophet after Jesus or something like nutty, um, if it's one of those open-ended issues in, in theology, then leave it. I mean, you don't have to force people to believe like you do. And then after that incident, I made the mistake of opening my mouth about a different subject and somebody said to me, well, you should go learn that for yourself. Cause I said they were talking about their theology and they are basically mid-trib people. Mm. They don't, they're not pre-trib, meaning they believe that we're lifted before what they consider to be the wrath beginning at the seventh bowl, the sixth and seventh bowl, meaning that the believers, the church are around for the first series of punishments. We go to a church, we're cavalry people. It's cavalry doctrine that we believe in a pre-trib rapture. Nobody knows that for sure. We all believe that Jesus is going to come and take us. Now, whether we're going to suffer or not, we all know we're going to suffer. It's about how much we're going to suffer. Um, and so they were talking about, they're basically mid-trib people. And so I said, uh, somehow I, I just said in passing, I was like, oh yeah, well, I study under Pastor Jack and, you know, we're cavalry people, we're pre-trib people. And then they turned and retorted to me, well, you should really study that for yourself. And I was like, so you think I'm some kind of donkey that just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah, it's running in my head i got all kinds of retorts mm -hmm. and responses and i was like just let it wash you know like i don't need to defend myself i don't need to de defend my doctrine i cannot say definitively which one is correct so just let it go mm -hmm. it was really nice was you really didn't nice. even say i have been studying this for i did years. not i did not and it's like the battle is the lord's so right why uh, that's just ego. I want to defend myself. I imagine you know? that you uh, probably have a lot of practice of doing that when you were in DC. And yes. People would talk about Islam and religion. And you know, oh, they did all that today and too. You're, and you're going, no. They did all true. that talking about. <laughs> they were all, they were mesmerized over the fact that um, the there's only two percent Christians in Israel. Seventy seven percent of them are Arabs. And I was like, oh, that's because of the revolutions that occurred in Iraq and Syria. So the, there was a mass migration of Christians mm -hmm. to the Holy Land. And they're just looking at me like, you're, I'm nuts. You know, like, like, where are you coming from? And I was like, yeah, I did this for a living, but it's okay. You know, and I was just like, <laughs> that might be, I don't mind me, you know? So I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not. <sighs> 
And a dear friend that is the one that introduced me to Bible study called me to apologize. And she's like, you know, having people of different viewpoints is like the Lord says, iron sharpens iron. And it's true. You learn to fine tune it, what it is you believe. You learn to meditate and question, am I, is what I believe correct? Should I adjust what I believe? It makes you a lot more open to learning when you could stay quiet, not defend yourself. I, I can relate this to, um, which may come in handy uh, to people when you when they get in the situation. Because in dog training <laughs> that I did for many, many years. So, by the, I mean, when I was in my early 30s, I'd already had 20 years of police dog and pet dog training. And, stuff like that. and now it's something, I don't know, maybe 40 years. <laughs> Almost 40 years. Wow, that's a long time of dog training experience. So you would think, hey, you know, you must not go to seminars. No, I still go to seminars. I mean, I haven't done dog, but before we met, maybe it was just a couple months before COVID, I'd gone to a dog seminar. Right. Um, it's like continuing education. Yeah. But it's also what I found very powerful is to go to these things where other people are teaching different ways and see things that um, you could so that you could understand why some people think the way they do. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it was very early on, I, I think, in my early 20s when I was going around, I went to a seminar in Las Vegas where this guy was speaking and everything he said was totally wrong. There's not one, not one thing. And they go, how do you know? Andy? I go back because I knew, I mean, I knew that what he was teaching was entirely wrong and, and what, how he was doing it was wrong, how he was presenting was wrong. Um, but it served me so well. It's probably one of the best training sessions I went to because I learned how not to do stuff. Right. And then it also gave me the tools to understand when somebody would approach me and say, well, this is why my dog did this because of this and that. I know, I, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. I saw it in Vegas. And now I know how to have this discussion oh, and why you think the way you do, because there's guys out there that teach that way. Yes. And so now I'd have the tools to help them through something that they totally thought was true and say, no, you need to well, listen to it. And it's, it's definitely true in the law too. Jurisprudentially, mm. we have to understand both sides of the argument. So I'm a huge fan of knowing both sides of an argument. Yeah. Um, it's, it gives you so much credibility with people. Like, right. Oh, you, you already know. So now you can add to what it is they said or clarify what they said. Some things right. people can't, sometimes people can't explain clearly what it is that they're trying to, what they learned. Right. And go, oh, I know you're talking about, you're talking John Smith's technique on, on this. Totally. And they go, oh yeah, how'd you know? And now your credibility goes through the roof because not only do you know how to do it your way, but you know how to do it that way and you choose awesome. to do it this other way. And so bringing it back to what you were talking about, which I think is awesome, is that, you know, as they get to know you, they will turn and say, so Eddie, what, what do you think of this issue in, you know, Islam. Iran, right. Iran. Um, and now it's like, they're not sure who, who you are and what you're doing there. And, but I think as right. they learn, then they'll go. So Hedia, what is the answer to this question? <laughs> Cause we don't, we can't figure it out. Like I do. Uh, Jan French says. <laughs> Pre-trib is the only thing that makes any sense to me. You know, it's really interesting, Jan. I mean, you've been a Christian way longer than my five minutes, but uh, listening to them defend mid-trib was interesting because basically their fundamental premise is wrath doesn't begin until the sixth and seventh pole, which, and they said that horsemen are not God's wrath because the horsemen come from the enemy. The famine and the pestilence, and I was like, huh? 
I, so it was like, it was so, and they're, they're smart people. So it was, I didn't have the information enough on my fingertips to be like, wait, okay, we're busting out revelation. Now I'm going to, let's go through, what do you mean the horsemen are not from God? And you know, like it wasn't on the tip of my fingers like that to be able to do it, but they're, their rationale stuck with me and it's definitely something I can go back and explore because I know they're not the only people. I mean, I have um, very dear friends of mine who were pre-trib and are no longer pre-trib and are actually believe that it's almost a simultaneous act that it happens right before Christ's return. And if the believers last through the entire, like they don't believe that there's some distinction for the tribulation saints that we are the tribulation saints. We are the saints that survived the great falling away. Um, very complicated stuff, but it was it was interesting for me to hear because I'm a cavalry person and I surround myself with like-minded believers. And so listening to somebody else, I was like, hmm? Friends Church is mid trip. They are all students of uh, Chris. Chris uh, Ward. The trib, the old trib, is that uh, that's that's all God. Uh, that's the way I've been, uh, that's yeah. the way we're taught. Yes. Um, but I didn't uh, know anybody thought it was. Oh yeah. The devil. You know, yeah. There's some things that have to happen with the devil prior to the tribulation. Right. Those but things have to the appearance of the antichrist. So mm -hmm. the way cavalry teaches it is that we are not there when the man of sin is revealed because that's when God's wrath begins. They're mm -hmm. like, Oh no, we're here. We have to see the mark of the beast. We have to survive. We have to choose. We have to survive the pestilence and the famine. And it's not until the bulls are unleashed, like these the seven bulls, and I think they said the sixth bull. So there's a whole bunch of bad stuff that we had to experience first. And, and cavalry teaches, no, we don't experience any of God's wrath. We could suffer, but not God's wrath. So it, it, is, it is basically turning on where you believe God's wrath begins. And I brought this up before, that Fire Marshal Bill. You don't know who that is, right? Jim Carrey used to play this character, Fire Marshal Bill. On, on Saturday Night Live? In Living Color. Oh, In Living Color. Vague recollection. Well, what he is is a character that's all half burnt and his hair is all singed. Right. And, and he's like, he's he's limping and his shirt's all like, you know, caught on fire, but in exposing parts of his skin. And it, it is, he's all like full of scar, you know, burns and ash. And so the reason I'm setting you up with this is because because <laughs> I get a visual. Oh, sorry, I got to get rid of this. I get a visual is that if it's pre-trib, we show up like this, you know, kind of clean, you know, have been just showered and a big smile on our face. But if we come mid-trib, when we show up, we're like fire marshal yes. built. Like, oh, my gosh, that was crazy. <laughs> that was Scotty, <laughs> beam me up. And so, yeah. And so that's the difference of the way we look. Yes, and I, Priscilla's got a great point. Priscilla, that's actually how I feel about it, too. Yes. I pray for pre-trib, but prepared for post. I, these are great mysteries of God, and nobody mm -hmm. can say definitively one way or another. But I happen to be um, a huge fan of the way my teacher, you know, Pastor Jack teaches it, and the way Barry Stagner teaches it, David Jeremiah, David Hawkins. I've sat through Book of Revelation conferences for three whole days, 12 hours a day. I've read the scripture line by line. I've read commentaries on it. I did a logo study on it. So I, I have tried to independently verify what they have said. And it sounds, um, it sits in my heart well, but that does not mean I'm sitting around waiting for, you know, and that like uh, my doctor, my faith in Christ is destroyed if, it, if we don't get raptured before the man of, you know, before the guy with the 666 on his 
stamp comes. I hope at least we're in a position where we can see all the shenanigans going on. Well, that's a pre-trib rapture that we watch it until it's done. I hope so. I I mean, it'd be nice. I love sports. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people are going to suffer and die, babe. (laughs) Well, let's kind of go back into Romans time and they put the lions in the the thing, in the ring. Way, way worse. It's God's wrath. Well, that's why we want to see it. I wanted to see God, God's strength. Come on. No, I, I've no, seen come people on. hit by trains and stuff. I, well, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't pray to be there. I don't want to be there <laughs> because I think it'll hurt. Yeah, I'm for sure. sure it'll hurt. Hey, did you know that we have uh, this app that we're on? Did you know anything about it? Oh, we're already going to the app. Oh. I'm not going to read the scripture. Oh, shoot. <laughs> You, all day long. You tired? I, no, no. All day long, I've been coming through. With, I've been thinking about all these different plans because I'm adding. We're going to be adding a couple commercials, um, and I want to make sure that we do it so that it's not too irritating to people. Yes, because we need to make some money. What? Oh, and there you go again. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff costs money. The equipment, the electricity, uh-huh. the the bandwidth that oh, we're paying for, right? All of it. The uh, the artwork, the circle. It all costs money. At some point, if we're going to be doing this, we do it for God. Oh my gosh, you know, you, you, I'm going to need you now. Jack, Jack, Pastor Jack Hibbs gets paid. That's because he's a pastor. That's biblical. Or a devotional. That's biblical. <laughs> hey, let's go through the scripture. <laughs> Jeremy says, "Ha ha!" All right, Psalm one nineteen nine through twenty eight. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word is I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgment at all times. You rebuke rebuke the proud, the cursed who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I've declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Definitely, definitely sounds like David. <laughs> Psalm 119, 11. Uh, that's from the same passage. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119, 50. He adds, this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. This is all about why we read it. We want it in our hearts. We want to call it up when we're afraid. We want to rely on it when we sin and to protect us from sinning, to lift us when we fall. Like Mm. all of these great things that the word is capable of doing for us. He says, this is my comfort in my affliction. Is the affliction sin? 
whatever the affliction may be, you know, because if, if this is, Um, if it's King David, he suffered a lot. Saul was chasing him. He was fighting with his son. I mean, like he had all kinds of terrible things happening to him. Um, I didn't look it up ahead of time, but it doesn't say explicitly that it's King David, but um, we could look that up later. But the Psalms, let's see. Uh, Author David. Oh, a bunch no. of, oh, that's a bunch. So we don't yeah, know. Don't okay. Know which one is which? Unfortunately. James okay. one, two, one. Doers and not hearers only. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflows of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James has got a lot. You want to scare yourself? Read <laughs> James, folks. <laughs> no, I don't. Anybody who hasn't read James, read James. Why does he want you to receive it with meekness? Therefore, Humility. lay aside all filthiness. An overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. Meekness is humility. Not mm -hmm. meek as in timid. People often think the synonym of meekness is timid. Mm -hmm. but the meek shall inherit the earth. It's the humble. Because if you're proud, the word doesn't get implanted in your heart to protect you. You're like, I'm fine. Jesus is an accessory. But when you rely entirely on that word to protect yourself, then... Um, you approach it with meekness and humility. Very good. Love that. Uh, another thing. Now I've forgotten what it is. My soul clings to the dust. Oh yeah, my soul clings to the dust. Is the was? Do you have any idea what he's talking about? <laughs> my soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. So remember, this is like poetry. So um, imagine if somebody's fallen. Um, they're in the desert, right? They're in uh, the Middle East. Uh, if you fall, you're dusty, right? Because you're falling in sand and dirt. So it's, he's fallen, his soul clings to the dust, meaning he's, he's mired in that and he's revived by the word. Mm. And especially when you know the story of King David, if this is him, you can imagine, you know, he had to hide in caves. He had no food. He was on the run, like that it's it's words that he would be crying because he knew God's heart, that he would be crying to God with such sincerity, such passion, such humility, that please save me. I have fallen. I'm mired in dust. I need to be revived. And I know you do it. And I've, I declared my ways and you answer me. So don't leave me stranded. Mm. Yeah. Put a whole picture in my head. Of him in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel like that sometimes? And crawling, like just going, please. I feel like that. Yeah. I feel like that a lot. I felt like that when I was looking for the the bat the what's it called again? Hydro hydro flask today. Oh. I was I was mired in dust. <laughs> hey, have you ever tried to buy something and you're you see it somewhere and you go, wow, that's really expensive. And you think, you know what, maybe I can go to another store and get it a little bit cheaper. And then you end up driving to six stores like I did today and spending $20 in gas. Because gas is so expensive. So it's an expensive proposition. <laughs> like you literally have to say, do I need that ice cream? Because I'm about to spend seven bucks on that ice cream. Because if it's more than walking distance, <laughs> it's going to oh, cost me. What makes it worse is that I had a little less than a half a tank oh. and I went and got gas and it's at, and it stopped at $100. 
and it still didn't fill up my tank. And I was, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't, you know, I normally wait until I'm past empty. Yes. <laughs> Lately I've been going, you know what? I don't want, I can't do that because I mean, at some point we may run out of gas altogether. Who knows? And so I lived in DC and that happened numerous times. <laughs> so now I'm keeping a, a, a full tank as best yeah. I can. We had electrical storm. It, it was gone. We had a snowstorm. It was gone. Yeah. Like there were plenty of times when you just couldn't get gas for three days. So the, just the, the just the thought of how much it cost me was heavily in my mind as I drove from store to store to store and then ended up buying at the store that I originally. Can you it. believe what Jen just said? No, <laughs> no, I am not using Amazon. I would still spend. Yeah, and you don't know him. uh, No, Amazon is communist. He's Uh, very anti-Amazon. I think I even put a post that I shared a post that somebody said, I don't know who needs to hear this today. You do not need anything from Amazon. (laughs) Pastor Jack doesn't (laughs) like Amazon either. (laughs) No, I'm a huge fan. There's Amazon boxes like every day at the door. Yeah, I have to go to stores. I love going, rocking around, not asking for help. It's my favorite thing to do. You know how long we looked for maraschino cherries yesterday, Ray Ray and I? A good 15 minutes before I finally asked. <laughs> did, did you look at, oh, you didn't look in the cake goods? No, I went that... to the alcohol area and there are some maraschino, yeah, because uh, a Manhattan has uh, cherries in it. Wow. And those are there, but you know how much they were? For a little, they special about half cherries? the size, about half the size. Are they of like this alcohol cup. dumped? No, they're, cher- they're maraschino cherries. Oh. It actually has the name on there, maraschino. Maraschino. Cherry. Yeah, that too. Um, but about half the size. How much did that cost? One guess. Just give me one guess. Nine bucks. Nineteen dollars. And in the cake section, it was cheaper. There, we've there, they were there. Ray promised me that she had looked up and down the cake aisle, <laughs> and they were three dollars and ninety nine cents for the candied cherries. Those are two different kinds of things. Maraschino uh, cherries, exquisite. They're tasty. Uh, but uh, the ones in the cake section. Those are decoration. You can eat them. You won't die, but they're yeah. not. Uh, Sorry, I love those. <laughs> Amazon, uh, Priscilla says, Amazon is at my door two or three times a week. At a least. Week. I thought you were going to say what happens here, which is two or three times a day. <laughs> oh. We get a lot of smiles at our front door. You can't help but smile when you come to the front door with all those boxes with a smiley face on them. I literally buy everything. I bought salt from <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Cat food, drinks. It is, it is kind of funny because we'll need something and you just pick up your phone and start doing stuff. And I go, okay, I'll be right back. I grab my keys. Yeah. You grab your phone. I grab my keys. They no. And she, oh, no. You, I already ordered it. It'll be here in a sec. I was like, ding dong. I go, wait a minute. You just put your phone down. How did that, how did that happen? That's Instacart. Oh, them too. Instacarts. Uh, what else? Postmates. It's the time value of money, love. <sighs> The time value of money. Folks. I still go inside the bank to make deposits. Yeah. I've just now started using my phone a little bit more. You're often. the you're the big six zero, babe. <laughs> so that's the generation. <laughs> that's the generation. Go, you know you can use the ATM. I know I can. Like, if I want to use the ATM, oh, yeah, I, I walk past the ATM to come in to see you. Yeah. To say hi. I actually um, asked Andy to sign <laughs> his, the e file for his tax returns. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to walk it into the accountant's office. I'm like, you're going to go to your accountant. <laughs> I've actually never met my accountant. Really? Yes, she's in Baltimore. I've been there twice this week. I know. You're just you're <laughs> old school. Archie Bunker. <laughs> you know, the stuff on that, on that thing, uh, that, 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 uh, that TV on your desk. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh. But I love, isn't that funny though? I love technology. I love gadgets. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. I only I love having the newest gadget and newest computer, iPad. But I still like going in and saying hi to the people that, that handle my because you just want to chit chat. And I hate the drive-through, the the fast food drive-through. I hate it. It causes me so much anxiety. I hate the <laughs> well, that's because you're ordering for eight people. I like walking in and then telling them, "You tell them what you want. Don't tell me to tell them because then, then no, no, I wanted no lettuce." <laughs> and I said, "No, they want extra lettuce." Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting upset right now just thinking about the drive-through. But that's a different story. That's <laughs> that's rightfully so. Too many kids, too many that's, specific orders. Oh my god! I don't want mustard. I want lettuce. I uh, want double lettuce. No mustard. It's just too much detail. Oh, 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 oh. Also, can I get a blah blah blah? And they and they go what? And what am I call it? Like I don't know, like a like some type of shake. But right. make sure that they use double fudge. And they, they <laughs> no, what? No. <laughs> yep. Not at Starbucks. <laughs> oh, darling. All right. A little a bit of. Yeah. Now know. we can go back to our. Oh. <laughs> So we encourage you, please, to join the Edify app. Subscribe to our podcast. Even if you don't listen to podcasts, it'll bless us. As Andy said, we had 12,000 downloads. Woohoo! Yay! 14,000. Thank you, everyone. We're so blessed. We're so blessed by um, your support. Thank you so much. And here's how you get the app. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. Literally every day. Well, almost every website ends in dot com. I know, but it, this thing we watch every single day. I know, but it, everything's dot com. Thank you all. God God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. We love you. God bless you. What did we watch on this new? We watched, oh, Jack Ryan. It's not new. Well, episode two is out now. Season two. Sorry. All right. Perfect. Jack Ryan's good. Awesome. All right. We love you guys. Good night. Bye. This has been a God moment.